welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. Fantastic. Well, you may be seated. My name is Cez. I'm going to be uh, sharing the Word of God with you tonight. Musos, you can take uh, to have a rest for a little while as well. Let's give the Musos a big, big round of applause. Fantastic. Well, we are going to continue a series that Pete began this morning called The Seven Deadly. The Seven Deadly. Now, in case you weren't here this morning, uh, I'm just going to do a little bit of a recap as to what happened. Now, basically what we're doing is we're doing an overview of the seven deadly sins, what's been traditionally called the seven deadly sins. Now, who knows what they are? Come on, I'm sure that some of you are very familiar with them. Oh, they're, they're up here. Well, you can cheat. Come on, uh, yell them out to me. I reckon you're all yelling the ones that you're very familiar with. That's what I think right now. Says. Says is not a sin. Well, sometimes. So we've got gluttony. We've got wrath. We've got uh, Sydney Swan supporters. Come on. Is that a deadly sin this weekend? No, possibly. Um, come on, Frio. Anyway, no. But uh, yeah, we got, uh, that's what we're doing at the moment. We're uh, doing an overview of the seven deadly sins. And uh, what I want to start with tonight is by start explaining what they're not. Okay, just to clarify a few things, all right? So firstly, uh, what the seven deadly sins are not, one of the things is that it's, they're not entirely biblical. It's not, uh, the Bible doesn't actually group them as the seven deadly sins. It doesn't say these are the seven deadly sins. There's no verse, there's no scripture for it, okay? Um, and the Bible certainly also warns just as vehemently against every other sin, Okay, so you won't actually find them grouped in the Bible as the seven deadly sins. And uh, something else as well is that they're not literally deadly. Okay, they won't kill you necessarily. Uh, They might. If you've got a problem with gluttony and uh, you have a few too many value meals, perhaps. Um, Perhaps it might lead to an early grave. I don't know. But they won't necessarily lead to a death. Okay, they're called deadly because... Something will die. Something probably will die. Maybe your joy, your peace, uh, your intimacy with God. Something could come to, to a death uh, for a while. So that's why they're called deadly. So it's okay. If you've been guilty of any of them, you, you, won't, you won't die. Okay. So just, uh, just rest easy. All right. And uh, something else, I mean, certainly from the church that I, I was brought up in, we were told that if we were guilty of these sins, we would die and go to hell and be burned forever. Okay, suffer eternal damnation. Now, once again, uh, that's not where we're coming from. We, we don't believe that if you're guilty of these sins, you're going to burn in damnation for eternity. So again, just everyone just go, ah, oh. okay. So just relax, be free. That's not going to happen, okay? Um, however, what they are, just very briefly, the seven deadly sins, they're a tradition begun by the early church. And it's a tradition that began because the early church be, uh, believed that most other sins stem from these sins. Okay, so everything else that we may become guilty of uh, find their basis and their root back to these seven deadly. So they were pretty important. And so they're pretty important now. They became known as the venual sins. And so the tradition that we now have as the seven deadly sins came from there. Okay, now 
what we hope to do through this series is certainly not highlight the sin, not focus on the sin, not worry about the sin so much, but what we want to do is actually focus and highlight God's goodness, God's faithfulness, God's love for us, God's abundant desire to actually provide for us. That's what we want to highlight. God is a dad. Who knows that God is our dad? And as a good earthly dad, God wants to provide for us. He wants to give us good things. So if he tells us to stay away from certain things, it's not because he wants to rain on our parade, but because actually he wants to protect us. He wants to love us. He wants to be able to give us certain things. So, so that he can give us certain things, he says, look, just stay away from these things. If you stay away from these things, then I can give you these things. That's why we're doing this series. I mean, just like when I catch my four-year-old shaving my two-year-old's back, I intervene and I say, stop that. I don't want to rain in your fun and your parade, but you need to stop that. If you continue with this, this will not go well with you. Or your sister, or me, when I have to explain to the police why my daughter is disfigured. So with that in mind, that is the heart of this series. We have a God that doesn't want us to walk through life disfigured. He actually wants to provide for us. He wants to give us amazing things. And uh, hence, he says to us, stay away from certain things. Okay? Now tonight, I'm going to begin with uh, actually looking at one of those sins. And uh, it's my privilege to tonight talk to you about... Are you ready? Envy. Oh, envy, green-eyed envy. There we go. Now, just to begin with, uh, with envy, um, I'm going to give you a bit of a definition of what envy is. Is that all right? Uh, biblical definition. Envy is a feeling of discontent towards someone's traits, status, abilities, or rewards. Envy resents that it's going well for another person and not for you. There we go. That's what envy is. Who's ever been guilty of that? I mean, it's so easy to be guilty. I've been guilty of it. It's easy to be guilty of that car, that boat, that body, this body. No, that's, <laughs> I, think, I think most of you are glad, more, more than envious. Um, but um, the, the Bible actually has some pretty, pretty strong things to say about envy. And it's actually one of the commandments. In Exodus 20, 17, uh, God actually tells us, you shall not covet which is actually envy. You shall not cover your neighbor's house. Uh, you shall not cover your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. Basically, you're not and I'm not supposed to envy anything. Okay? However, that's hard to not do. And uh, once again, the reason why God doesn't want us to envy is because he wants to be able to give us amazing things. He wants to give us wonderful things. So he says, look, don't envy those things because of all the things that I want to give you. As Pete said this morning, he's a, he's a yes God. He's not a no God, he's a yes God. And he wants to be able to provide and give us things. So he says, look, stay away from envy. And uh, to be able to learn how to do that, what we're going to do, we're going to look at Psalm 37. So if you've got your Psalm, your Bibles with you, please turn there. Because this gives us a great insight into how to stay away from envy. Because I think it's, um, it's, it gives us some wonderful insights. Um, so if you've got your Bibles with you, read along with me. If not, it'll be up on the screen. Fret not, it says, uh, yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. 
Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light, and your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. I think there's a lot of things that we can learn from this. And I love how um, the psalm starts, don't envy. However, don't focus on envy, focus on these things. And these are the things that we're going to focus on. As Pete said this morning, you don't give up smoking by focusing on not smoking. You give up smoking on focusing on good things, on taking up good things, on replacing it with good things. And we get told to replace our envy with some amazing things here. And the first one is simply trust. Verse 3 says, trust in the Lord and do good. Trust in the Lord and do good. One of the reasons why we envy is because we simply don't trust God. We lose our trust in God. We don't trust that he will provide. We don't trust that he will provide. We don't trust that he can provide. We get so consumed with the things that we envy and desire, our ardent desire for those things actually clouds our trust for God, and we stop trusting that God actually wants to give us good things. So we need to be able to trust in God. Because one of the problems when we don't trust in God is that we start arguing with God. We start quarreling with God and with other people. We start shaking our fists and say, God, why do they have those things? What about me? Why am I missing out? Why are they having that breakthrough? Why are they having that blessing? Why are they having that promotion? Why are they having those things? What about me? Because at the heart of envy, there's actually a resentment that other people have, but we don't have. And we start to resent it. And we start to quarrel and fight with God. So when you stop shaking our fists at God, just trust. Just trust that God will provide for us. It's a wonderful example. And if you have been guilty like I have, of actually saying to God, well, what about them? Why do they have? What about me? What are you going to, why are you giving so much to those people? God has an incredible answer. And we find this answer in John 21. Jesus replies to Peter. Jesus has just said to Peter, look, you're going to be able to do all these things. I'm going to build my church on you. I'm going to be able to give you all these amazing blessings. You're going to do amazing things for me. And Peter's gone, oh, great, fantastic. And uh, he hears Christ and what, all that Christ is telling him. But guess what he does then? He, he starts worrying about other people. He says, what about John, the other disciple? What about him? What about him? What are you going to do with him? What's going to happen with him? And Jesus just turns to him and gives him an amazing answer that I think it's his answer for all of us when we all to ask about what about other people's blessings. He says to, he says to, John, to Peter, what is that to you? What is that to you? I'll do what I want to do with other people. Who are you to judge other people's servants, other people's uh, sons? I will do what I want in their lives. I have a plan. I am the man and I have a plan. I have a plan for your life and I have a plan for someone else's life as well. So what is that to you? And I believe that is God's answer to our envy of other people. And we say, why do they have all that? God would say to us, what is that to you? Just trust me. Trust me. I have a plan for your life. Just trust me. So when people, when you look at people and you think you've been overlooked, you haven't. God hasn't overlooked you. God hasn't forsaken you. God hasn't moved on. God hasn't left you alone. He simply wants you to come to a place where you totally trust him. Trust in him. Trust in his ability to take what you've got and be able to use it for amazing blessing and be able to use it for amazing things. Because you may look at people and go, well, it's all right for them. Look at their talent. 
Look at their education. Look at their looks. Look at all the things they can do. But God will say to you, no, don't focus on those things. Don't focus on what you don't have. Focus on me because I am the God that can do amazing things with what you have. I am the God that multiplies. I am the God that takes five loaves and two fish and multiplies them and feeds 5,000 people. That's who I am. So trust me. Trust me with your life. You may be sitting there thinking, I want to do all these things. I'm so envious of the people who do all these things. And I only have these little five loaves and two fish. I only have a little bit of talent. I only have a little bit of money. I only have a little bit of ability. I only have a little bit of, of intelligence. God will say to, to, uh, to you tonight, trust him. Trust me because he is a, the God who can take your little bit and multiply it. And use it for amazing things. So don't envy. Don't envy. Trust. Trust in God. Stop quarreling and trust that God can do and multiply everything that you have for amazing, amazing things. So just trust in God. Trust that God can provide. And I love what the verse says. It goes on to say, and do good. Trust in God and do good. So if you see that somebody has something that you don't have, do good. Love on them. Bless them. Even though it may hurt, rejoice with those that rejoice. I teach my children that. My children hate seeing when one of them gets blessed and the other one doesn't. I get into a lot of trouble. They start crying and screaming. And I've actually got my son a few times and I've said to him, right, you look at your sister and you say to her, I'm so glad that you've got what you've got. And he says, crying, I'm so glad that you got what you got. <laughs> Tell her you're really happy for her. I'm really happy for you. But I'm teaching him something. And I reckon that's a picture for us. We need to be able to do the same thing as well, even if it hurts, even if we don't mean it fully. Just get to a point where you can say, Matt, I'm really happy that you're such a good-looking, strong young man. I really am. doesn't bother me at all. really like your new car as well. really like your hair. Just get to a point where you can do that. Do good. Trust in God and do good. Eventually, make a decision, and then the feelings come. Okay, so if you're feeling that envy towards somebody, remember just trust in God and do good. That's the first. Uh, that's the first tool that King David uses here to fight envy. Something else that he urges us to do is to delight, delight in God, delight in God. Verse four says, "Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart." See, He wants to give. God wants to give, but there's a process. It's firstly about him. We're to delight ourselves in the Lord. Another reason why we envy is because we simply take our eyes off God. We stop worshipping God. We stop honouring God. We stop our focus and worship and love toward him. We stop doing all that and we start focusing on the things that we want. We start focusing on the things that we, that we envy. We start focusing on the things that we, that we don't have. And we take our eyes off the living God. And one of the problems with that is that we become obsessed we then become obsessed with the things that we don't have and suddenly that's all that we focus on. We turn our back on God and we just think about that thing. You know what it's like when, when you want that something and that's all you think about? Yeah? yeah. Then that what you've done is you, you've just turned your back on God. Again, I don't want to give my children a hard time or too much of a hard time, uh, but uh, this week my daughter gave me a classic example of that, of just being obsessed with what she didn't have. We're driving home. And uh, literally, she's like looking out the window, picking up from school, and she says, I wish it was my birthday. I wish I had something to eat. 
<sighs> I wish I wasn't so tired. This is like one statement after another. Oh, I wish Charlotte was coming over. Oh, I wish I could do this. Oh, I wish I could do that. And I just stop the car. I get so angry. I'm there. Oh, I wish you could. I won't say what I said. But I said, right, I want you to now. You've just told me everything that you're missing out on. Now you tell me something that you're grateful for that you have right now. Oh, no, no, no. You tell me. You think right now. What are you grateful for right now? There must be something. Um, uh, I'm grateful for mummy. Okay, what else? Oh, I'm grateful for nanny. What else? Oh, I'm not grateful for you right now, Dad, but... I'm grateful for something. What are you grateful for? So I made a list of these things because she became obsessed with the things that she didn't have. And that's what we do. We become obsessed with the things that we don't have when we no longer delight in God. And God is saying to us, just delight in me. Come back to me. He wants us to come back to him because it's about him. It's about seeking the blesser and not the blessing. It's about us delighting in him, enjoying him. And then everything that we're actually after comes on the other side of being able to delight in God. And I think something that can help us to delight in God is actually to not be obsessed with what we don't have, but to be obsessed with the things that we do have. Let's be obsessed with those things. Let's be grateful. That's how we delight in God, by just being grateful for all that he's given us. To actually focus on that. Then God goes, okay, now you're learning something. So stop focusing on what others have, what your neighbours have, what cars your friends drive. Instead, I'm gonna, can I give you homework? This is challenging. I'm going to give you some really, really hard homework. You ready? Okay. I want you to wake up every day, and throughout the day, I want you to write down a hundred. Everyone say a hundred. A hundred things that you're grateful for every day. If you find that challenging, good. A hundred. If you've been suffering with a little bit of envy every now and again about certain things, this is going to help. Seriously, this is going to help. Write down a hundred things that you are grateful for. Be thankful for the gifts that you've been given. Be thankful for the talents that you have. The people in your life the opportunities that are before you. Spend enough time thinking about it every day so that it outweighs the amount of time you spend thinking about the negatives. And focus on the fact that your Heavenly Father has given you all these blessings. That's how we delight in God. Delight in the things that you've been given. And I love the promise there. Delight in me and everything else will be given to you. Your desires will be given. The God-given desires that are in your heart will be given to you. There's no point in envying. Why waste time in envy when we've got these incredible, incredible promises? Something else that King David does here in his psalm, he tells us to commit. Commit to God. Verse 5 says, Commit your way to the Lord, trust in Him, and He will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as a noonday. We also need to overcome envy by just committing our desires to him. So when you've got your desires, just hand them over. Just come before God and say, I commit them to you. All the things that you envy, all the things that you want, just get to a place where you can let them go. And say, God, these are my desires, but now I want your plans for my desires. These are the things that I want. I want what she's got. I want what he's having. I want what they're having. I believe that's for me. I believe I want that for me as well. But God, here they are, I commit them to you, you have your way. 
have your way in my life, commit them to you, be able to hand them over. It's crucially important that you are able to hand over the desires that you have in your heart to God. Otherwise, you're going to hold on to them too much. You're going to place too much value on them. You're going to start asking those if only questions. Oh, if only I had that house. Oh, if only I had that car. Oh, if only I had the exciting life that my friends seem to have on Facebook. Which is not true. I only put the good things in there. Oh, if only I could sing like Elise or Says. Oh, if only. You start asking those things because you, we hold to things too tightly and we begin to place too much value on them. And God is saying, commit those things to me. And what happens when we commit those things to him is that perspective comes. And then we actually realize, man, I, I desire those things so much, but in light of God, in light of the goodness of God, in light of the wonder of God, in light of how good God is, actually these things are awesome, but they're not as awesome as God. They're not as good as God. That's what we need to do. We're to be able to commit those things and be able to hand them over to him. And when we do, perspective will come. And yeah, those things, we'll still desire them, but not with envy. We won't envy the other people who's got them because we've got God. We've got something else in our corner. We've got this wonderful, loving, amazing Savior who's done everything for us and given everything for us. So when you have those things, I mean, even right now, even right now, Think about that thing that you envy. I know I envy a few things right now. Think about that thing. Now ask yourself, why do you envy that so much? What do you think you getting that thing is going to do for you? You probably think that, oh, if I get that thing, man... I'm going to be happy. If I get that thing, I'm going to find peace. I'm going to find meaning. I'm going to find joy. If I get that thing, I'm going to find something. I tell you, those things that you're looking for only happen when you have a living, loving, fulfilling relationship with Jesus Christ. All the things that you're looking for, all the things that you're after, yeah, they may fulfill for a little while, but they won't fulfill like Jesus Christ fulfills. And most of you can testify to that. Most of you have wanted something and then when you got it, you go, oh, it was it's good. It wasn't as good as I thought it would be. Amen. There's no point envying. Big old man at the front here. <laughs> there's, no, there's, there's no point envying. So think about that thing. Do, do, a, do a little soul searching even right now or even into this week and think about, okay, that thing that, that I desire so much, why do I desire it? Why do I want it so much? And the chances are it's because you think that you're going to receive some incredible blessing or some incredible result out of it. But the truth is, the truth is that the reality is that only, those things can only come from a loving, living relationship with God. If we can have the scripture back up again. Um, I love how, uh, how it finishes. So it's uh, verse 7. It says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way over the man who carries out evil devices. That's the next thing that David does. Once you've been able to trust God, once you've been able to delight in God and commit to God, just wait. Wait patiently. Wait faithfully. Wait well. Wait knowing that God will provide. 
that God actually wants to provide. And when you envy the world, when you envy the things that people do, especially young people, I know that the temptations are out there. When you envy the things that other people get up to, don't envy it so much because it says here, don't envy when evil people do evil things. And the main reason is because they're doing those things because God has handed them over to doing those things. They don't know God. Do you realize that the worst thing, the worst punishment that God has in his word for people is to hand them over to their sins? Romans, Romans 1 talks about that. That people displease God, people want to turn their back on God, so he handed them over to their desires. He handed them over to doing the things that they wanted to get into. And then it lists all the things that they get up to. Don't envy those things. When you look at the world, when you look at what they're doing, realize that they're doing it because they don't know God. And God has handed them over to those things and is waiting for them to return to him. God is a loving God. God wants us to faithfully, faithfully wait upon him because he's going to give us an amazing provision. Like I said, he's our heavenly father. He's our dad. And he's committed to doing two things, protecting and providing. Protecting and providing. Notice I haven't really dwelt. I'm supposed to be talking about envy, but I don't want to focus on envy. Because I want to focus on the goodness of God, on the faithfulness of God. It's when we focus on those things that, man, envy doesn't even come into the equation. Why should I envy? When you've got those things, when you trust God, when you delight in God, when you commit to Him and you know that faithfully if I wait, my breakthrough will come and the desires of my heart will come to pass. And envy doesn't even come into the equation. I think David purposely highlighted those three things in his psalm because really the the opposite of, of envy is belief. Belief, envy is a form of disbelief. But when you trust, when you commit, when you delight, when you wait, they're things that come out of faith. There comes, they're things that come out of a revelation that you know that God is real, that God is for you, and God will not let you down. So the next time that you envy, just as I close, and I'll hand back to Pete, Use those three things that David talks about in his psalm as a woosah moment. You know when you get angry? Did you see that movie? That guy's getting angry. He's about to get angry. And part of his anger management treatment is to go, woosah, woosah. And he calms down. Let's, let's use this psalm as anger management, as envy management treatment. And use it as a woosah moment in our lives. So when you see that blessing, when you see that thing that you covered so much, when you see that person being blessed in those ways, just stop, take time out and go, no, I am not going to envy. I'm going to trust. I'm going to delight. And I'm going to commit. I'm going to trust. I'm going to delight. And then your heart will rise up and go, yeah, but you really need that car. You really need that promotion. You really need that relationship. You really need that breakthrough. You really need that blessing. You need it. Shut your heart up with the Word of God and say, no, I'm going to fight this thing like David did. And instead of envying, I'm going to trust. I'm going to delight. 
and I'm going to commit because your heavenly Father will provide. He will supply all your needs according to His riches and glory. And He will make sure that you have all that you need for life and for godliness. Can I just pray for you tonight before I finish off? I'd love you just to stand. Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you that you know exactly where we're at. We thank you, Lord God, that you know the things that we struggle with. And Father, we thank you for your word that gives us the answers to all of life's questions. It gives us the answers to all the things that we encounter and go through. Father, tonight, we thank you that you're a God that wants to provide. We thank you that you're a God that's committed to us. You thank you that you're more than a God. You are our heavenly Father. And as such, you want to provide and you want to protect. I pray, Lord God, that tonight, that Lord, that there would be a readjusting in our hearts and in our thinking. And Lord, wherever we've been guilty of envying one thing or another, I pray that through the power of your Holy Spirit, through your guidance, Lord, we would be able to set those things aside and focus back on you. Father, I pray that through your Spirit, we would receive the faith, the strength, the courage and the conviction to be a people who rather than envying one thing or another, would be a people who would commit things to you, trust in you and delight in you. And as a result of delighting in you, Lord, knowing full well that the desires of our heart will be fulfilled, Lord God, because you're a God who provides, you're a God who loves and you're a God for us. So Father, I pray in Jesus' name that all of us would receive a greater revelation of this incredible truth. And we ask this for the glory of your name, In Jesus' name, amen. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen, and God bless.